0: Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford with Lynx. Uh, Back again and joined again by friend and fellow Lynx contributor, Eric Matashefsky. Neither of us are at Kiowa, unfortunately. We wish we could be, but we both recently took some nice golf trips. Um, It's kind of the impetus of this uh, conversation topic that we're going to have. Eric and I both just visited two separate what I would call one course destinations. You can argue whether or not that's necessarily true for, for Eric's destination, but uh, certainly the one I just visited, uh, it's only one course and it's actually new. So it'll be interesting to follow and see how well received um, and how many, how much traffic they get going out there, but uh, there's a lot more to it than just the golf going on. And so what I wanted to talk about with Eric is, How these type of destinations that have to compete with uh, resorts that have two, three, four multiple courses, how can they stand out and and attract people to come and play their course when it's just the one 18 hole course there? So both of these I would consider, and I haven't been to uh, Gamble Sands where Eric just went, but I would consider both of these to be must visit destinations at some point um, now for a golf aficionado. Eric, let's start with you. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your trip out to Washington and why you were there and and first impressions of Gamble Sands?
1: Yeah, you know, this is one that I was, you're right, it was on my bucket list for a while. I was excited to see it. It's in eastern Washington, so it's in the Pacific Northwest, but might not have that Pacific Northwest that most people are kind of thinking of when they they think of that area and uh, you know the, the tree the trees and things like that and very green. Um, this is in the eastern part of the state so it took a, a flight into Seattle hop on a connecting flight that took you out over the mountains to eastern Washington and then another car ride of about an hour plus to get to the resort. And for set the past seven years, there's only been one course there, a great David McClay kid course. And, you know, everybody knows he's the, the, the mind behind the original course at Bandon Dunes. He's the guy behind uh, the mammoth, mammoth dunes at Sand Valley. So obviously his, his ethos in recent years has been this fun, playable design. Uh, and that's what he did with Campbell Sands. And it's been, you know, extremely well received. It's been very popular. They've done great business in recent years. They pull a, a ton of people from the Seattle market, which is a very strong one for golf. And people drive out from Seattle four plus hours to get there. But it's popular throughout the Northwest and nationally now. So I was itching to get out there and it, it certainly didn't disappoint. And, you know, one of the reasons I, I did go out was to see the par three course. It's a short 13 hole par three course that David McClay kid has has built there a fourteen hole, excuse me, um, as an amenity, as an a, in addition to the resort itself, it gives uh, guests something else to do. You know, it's short, engaging. There's music on the course. It's extremely fun. You know, but for all intents and purposes, you're right. This has essentially been a one course property. And it's kind of had to stand out and compete against some of these other ones, these national properties that we've talked about. But they've uh, they've done it quite well, and they certainly have the product to back it up.
0: You mentioned the short course. That's something that's becoming you know more and more popular. We're seeing it all over the place. You just did a piece for us earlier in the year about the different short course openings that are happening this year. So if there's enough to write an entire piece about it. You you would call it a trend. What else? I know they they have the short course now. Like, what else is there? What else can you do um, that might attract someone to say, even though they have one course, I got to go to Gamble Sands?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because when you have that hour plus drive from the local airport, these are the questions you, you ask, naturally yeah. not having been there before. So, you know, you're driving through apple country and it's very wide open, a lot of mountains, it's really pretty. And, you know, you ask kind of what, what else is around here? What else is there to do? And there's, as you're driving through the area, you pass this uh, stretch called Lake Chelan. And it's very popular in, in the north, in the northwest it's a getaway destination, a spring break destination, a lake destination, a lot of activities there. Um, So there's going to be a number of golf courses in and around that area. They're not right next to Gamble Sands, but certainly you hear um, plenty of stories about golf trips and people coming from the Seattle area heading east and playing a couple of courses, you know, lower end a little bit, and then they'll step up and they'll they'll visit Gamble for a couple of days and they'll kind of cap off their trip with that. It's, um, you know, very wide open course, very playable. It's visually stunning. Um, you know, just backdrops every, everywhere with the mountains and kind of sitting high up over the Columbia River. So there's a lot of other things to do there, um, kind of in the area if you want to venture off property, but there's really no need to once you're at Gamble Sands. They've got a tremendous putting course, maybe one of the best in the country called the Cascades, which again is right behind the lodging amenities. And I think that's what kind of separates it, you know, from a lot of these other properties. You talk about maybe a uh at Pinehurst or the Punch Bowl at Bandon Dunes. Great putting courses, a ton of fun. But this one is a two-acre, 18-hole putting course that changes every single day, and it's right behind the lodging. So you can sit out in your deck, you can watch players, you know, putting around as the sun sets over the mountains and over the Columbia river down below, or you can go out there and and play until it gets dark. You can go out and play with uh, glow in the dark golf balls if you want to. So it's just fantastic fun. They've added a new restaurant, opened a new restaurant this year as well. So there's just, it's just a lot of stuff to do right there on property. And now with the quicksands par three course, it just gives another option. If you, if you don't feel like playing, you know, more than eighteen holes in a day, play the putting course, play the par three, just hang out. You know, it's a it's a great scene and a great vibe all around.
0: Yeah, I was just looking over at their website and seeing, you know, the the fire pits. They have a pretty large pool with the the views of the the river and and the the countryside right there. Um, the rooms look nice and modern and uh, upscale. Uh, so you're, you're not going to be hurting for comfort while you're there. Certainly. Um, I think all of that, uh, certainly helps their cause. Did you, uh, I know we talked a little bit before the call about what we we're going to discuss and and you said they may now, uh, take it up a notch and be considering adding one more course there. Do you know much more about that?
1: Yeah. I got a chance to talk with, um, a clay kid while we were there and, um, he's already routed a second course, the second, when I say a second course, a second full 18. So obviously they have the main sands course and he's now routed a second full 18 there on property, which I tell you what, one of the par threes is going to have perhaps the most spectacular location on the entire property. And there's, there's no shortage of room to put this course in. And it's, this is going to further, you know, kind of push them up the, uh, the to-do list as a destination property, certainly. You know, it's going to be a couple years off, but they haven't, uh, they've been very deliberate about their pace so far. They've been growing as they needed to grow. And part of it is, okay, listen, we want to make sure that we have the accommodations. We want to make sure that we have the lodging, uh, the food offerings, all these other things that we're talking about, you know, that's going to satisfy the guests. You have to make it an appealing destination first and then continue to grow, grow from there.
0: Well that's great and, and certainly they're not they're not hurting because uh, they've you look at any top courses you can play list and they're up there in the, the top twenty pretty comfortably every single year. And uh, we did a, a piece on David McClay Kid upcoming in our summer issue. Uh, so you can read that to learn a bit a little bit more about his philosophy, you know, after his initial success at Bandon, like you talked about, he needed to to go and, and re look at how his uh how he was building courses and and the why to things and he got his swagger his groove back after a visit out there and then made Gamble Sands uh, in that same kind of fun vein that you're talking about so it's it's on my list to get out there for sure just a just a matter of time I don't know if I'll get out there before it's no longer a one course destination but but I got to do it.
1: Well, it's like a lot of those properties, right? It takes a little bit of doing to get to. You know, it's not It's not one quick flight for me. It was uh, several connecting flights, including the the little prop plane. so uh, but that's part of the charm, right? And yeah, getting to some of these places.
0: There certainly is something to that. it It builds a better better story around a place like that, I think. I'll shift gears. I'll talk about my trip now. Um, I recently went and attended the grand opening of a course in Grand Haven, Michigan called American Dunes, uh, which you may have heard of is a new Jack Nicklaus design. He partnered with a Air Force fighter pilot, Dan Rooney, who we also talked to on the podcast some while back um, to create golf's most patriotic experience. Now, there's just one course there. I flew into Grand Rapids, Michigan. It was about 45 minutes uh, west of there. Um, Town of Grand Haven is right on Lake Michigan. The course is not. It's a little inland, but you can get there easily. Detroit's probably a couple-hour drive. Chicago, it's a pretty close drive. Um, So they just opened at Grand Opening. They have already locked in 11,000 rounds, people coming and wanting to play. This course that they've never seen before. Um, it had debuted, and when people were talking about it in the construction, you could see some of the imagery. Um, now, Ni- Niall Young took some great photos that people um, really. It really got their attention, but otherwise, people didn't really know what to expect of this course. Now that it's been played a few times, and and I got the chance to play it, it's a really unique place. Uh, it almost It reminds me of like a uh, Mammoth Dunes light, maybe. Uh, There's so much sand everywhere, and they basically just cut all these trees down, some 2,500 trees, exposed the sandy base floor of the facility, and, and what you're left with is all these tall dunes and vistas you have to play up and over and around, and the courts itself is great. What I think the attraction that has pulled a lot of people in on top of it being a nice little course, is it's a tribute to uh, our fallen American heroes. So all the profits of the course go back to Dan Rooney's Folds of Honor Foundation. They've built this eight-foot-tall memorial wall that everyone who goes to the course has to walk through in the boot prints of fallen soldiers, and it's, it's a, uh, a reverent reminder that um, freedom isn't free, and that's, that's pretty well spelled out. Um, There's red, white, and blue everywhere. And uh, every hole has two plaques, uh, one dedicated to a fallen soldier and his story, uh, another commemorating one of Jack's 18 majors. Conveniently, Jack won 18 major championships, and there's 18 holes on the course. So go figure. They have an aviation-themed bar inside. They serve beer out of a... It's a... Uh, Let me read it here. An AIM-9 missile that travels nearly 2,000 miles per hour costs $400,000 and has 270 confirmed air-to-air kills. They're serving beer out of this thing. So for people who are gung-ho into celebrating our country and, and want to do so playing a really great golf course, this is the place for you.
1: Yeah, I hadn't heard too much about it. i I've, I've done a little bit of reading, but I hadn't been that familiar with the the project itself. So I'm, I'm curious to kind of get your takeaway as how this stands as a destination. Is this, you know, what is the lodging like? What is the surrounding area like? Is it somewhere that you would go? Or, you know, I'm trying to, to envision it. Is it a single destination or is this almost a place like a Chambers Bay where you would go and, you know, play the course, kind of stay in the area and do some other things.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's a great point. And right now, and, and kind of in the way you mentioned that getting out to um, gamble, you might play a few courses here or there and, and make it part of a trip. I think it's the same way. There's a lot of good golf in Michigan that you can, can hit nearby or, or certainly make uh, this course a stop on the way through. Um, if not a final stop, if you're flying out of Grand Rapids, it's pretty convenient from there. There is no lodging right now, however, um, they are building and scheduled to open in the summer of 22. Uh, some on-site accommodations, a 16 room lodge that will have 12 state rooms, four suites, uh, a gathering area that will have, you know, kind of an entertainment style setup. Um, so they're building a, a little bit of on-site lodging, but otherwise Grand Haven's a pretty small town, charming town right on the lake, and there's a few hotels in the area, but it's certainly not built out to be a humongous come one, come all at the same time uh, and stay with us type of place. Yeah, I think, I think your comparison to Chambers, although I think Chambers is on a different level um, in terms of notoriety and, and maybe more so on the, the must-visit one-course destination list than American Dunes is at the moment. But I do think there there is something to that, to making sure it's on your itinerary if you're going to be doing a bounce-around type of trip in the state of Michigan.
1: Yeah, I think that was part of the fun and kind of looking over some of these one-course destinations destinations or whatever we want to call them, because then, you know, you obviously have dedicated resorts that have a single course and, you know, a built-in lodging component and all the other amenities, but then you'll have places that you might just think of a single course, like a Chambers Bay, which is a municipal course outside of Seattle, you know, there's a lot of other things to do there, but you're not going to be staying necessarily on site, and yet it's a, it's one of those destinations that people don't want to pass up, but, so that was kind of a fun exercise working through, you know, some of the, destinations and places that have gone in the past and trying to figure out, okay, well, what are the ones that had just the one course? Because I think, you know, you, you talk about golf destinations and it's just only natural. You start thinking of the big ones, right? The Pinehurst, the, the Kohler properties and Bandon Dunes and Kiowa this week, you know, obviously this week. So, but obviously there's a lot around the country that just have the single course and they can be great in their own right.
0: Let's kind of shift to that discussion, right? And and I had written down a little bit of a list of, of other places. I don't know if you've been to any of these. Have you been to Chambers before? Have you done that?
1: Yeah, you know what? I actually have. I was I got a chance to play it the day after uh, the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. But I stopped by on my way back from Gamble Sands. I stopped at Chambers um, and just walked the course, took some pictures. I Wasn't going to play that day because I was uh, ke- catching a connecting flight, but you know, just gorgeous to kind of see it in that state compared to, you know, what it is after a major championship. I mean, it's a park. People are just walking through. There's paths that cut through the golf course itself. So, you know, you may have people teeing off in a tee box and then just passers by with their music on, walking past, talking, having conversations. It's a a cool setup.
0: I think that fits into a nice niche where you're talking about courses that people want to play because they've seen them in competition whether it be in big major competition like the U.S. Open or you know I thought of TPC Sawgrass even though you could you could throw Dyes Valley in there and say that's a two-course des- destination type of place but everybody wants to play Sawgrass because of the players. Um, I, I wrote down Shadow Creek has the kind of allure that now that they've hosted a tournament and uh, it's a little bit higher on people's radar at least people know more about it a little bit now it's it's one of those for lack of a better word shadow courses that has a mystique to it but it is accessible if you if you have some some good money that you want to spend on that and then i think the ultimate example of maybe a one course destination where that it kind of fits into both of those categories is aaron hills and have you been there? There's a lot to that place too, that, that really makes me want to go.
1: Yeah. I have not been to Aaron Hills yet, but I think you're right because, and those are three great examples because they're so different, right. When we're talking about um, destinations and examples, because there's a number of courses, there's plenty of options in and around TPC Sawgrass. You know, if you want to play some of the other nearby courses, you know, obviously in Vegas, there's just an endless uh, array of options and things to do. You know, when the sun's up, when the sun's down, there's plenty of golf courses to play. But you're right. That makes a place like Shadow Creek a very appealing destination if you're just going to get out there and play one round of golf. In um, Aaron Hills, if you're going through Wisconsin, you know, I've talked to so many people who've done golf trips now. And they kind of combine several different properties. And, and I keep hearing that with Aaron Hills. If you're going out there and you're going to play Aaron Hills, try and hit some of the other spots, whether it's, a you know, if you're going to the Kohler properties and Whistling Straits or, or if you're going to be in Sand Valley or, you know, somewhere like Lasonia Links, try and, and hook up a couple of different options. But don't miss Aaron Hills. It's that good.
0: And they've got the same type of thing with the Drumlin putting course. is super popular. Their lodge... Uh, looks spectacular um, in terms of a place to stay Uh, the fire pits and the Irish pub and and that feel is just so much different it's almost like an Ireland transplant in the middle of Wisconsin I guess and I went on their website I saw they've added a a top tracer range to their facility too so that's another wrinkle another fun amenity you can do while you're there one of the courses in Hilton Head actually just uh, installed one here as well. So I got the chance to, to use one recently. It's really cool. It's, it's just a, the range is the same, but you can, you can play games. You essentially turns it into a top golf. So you you throw all that in. And again, the, the great golf in Wisconsin makes it just a, a natural place to, to pin to your list on a trip there.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, it's another example of, you know, they have a lot of other things to do. They have the amenities like you're talking about, the great putting course that has some lights on it too. So if you want to go out and play, you know, after dark and kind of keep things going throughout the day, but it's a destination in itself and they've got the land out there. You know, I, I can't imagine they're not going to follow a similar pattern to a place like Gamble Sands, which is looking at this as a growth plan, right? They're going to continue growing and adding, but doing it in the uh, the appropriate steps, you know, we'll start to size up. And I have a feeling that there, there's going to be another course at, at Aaron Hills in the mix before not too long.
0: Yeah. Uh, a couple others that came to mind or places that I when trying to, to figure out where else I should uh, refer to in this conversation um, that also, again, fit that narrative of, of being close by. And if you're going to go here, you might as well do this while you're there. Um, Tobacco Road, obviously being right next to Pinehurst, is, has kind of turned into one of those must-play courses if you're in the area. And then if you're headed out to, to Pebble and Monterey, um, you might as well hit Tiempo while you're there uh, and get a taste of, of Alistair McKenzie. Any, any others come to mind in, in that realm, or, or did you think of those too?
1: I did. Those were definitely at the top of my list. Um, I've done Pazio on several different trips, doing the exact same thing as what you're, you're describing, you know, whether it was in Monterey area and then tying that in, or up in the, you know, the San Francisco area and connecting Pazio as well, because that is without question uh, kind of one of those don't miss places you know, when I think about it, just being out in the Pacific Northwest recently, there's Coeur d'Alene, you know, the floating green in Idaho. That's one of those resorts that it's just got the, the single golf course, but there's another one nearby, right? There's a place called Circling Raven, which is a little bit of a drive around the lake, you know, but it's, that's another example of, kind of this one course. If you want to stay on a resort property and get out and, and visit. Um, before the pandemic, one of the last long trips that I went on was out to Maui and Lanai and, you know, hopping over to, to Lanai and I got a chance to, to stay at the Four Seasons and there's the Minnelli course there. And that is the only 18 course whole course on the entire Island, <laughs> but you're not going to miss out. I mean, there's another little nine holder up in the woods, but that is as good a destination as you're going to find. That is one of the most playable Jack Nicholas courses I've ever experienced. The views are unlike anything you're going to find. And it's, it's as good a course as you're going to get in the, the Hawaiian Islands. So, you know, when I think about a, a one course destination, Hawaii is going to be a little bit different, right? Because you may not go out there on a, on a buddy's trip. Chances are you're going to go on a couple's getaway or a family getaway or something like that or, or a corporate escape. You know, the golf is great and there's just so many other things to do. So you're certainly not going to miss out on there just being a, a single course at a, at a place like that. You know, I, I ran down a, a few others on my list, a uh, place like Primland in the mountains of Southern Virginia. You know, you've got that, that they've got tree houses, you know, that are on the edge of some cliffs out there. Um, in Alabama, there's a place called Purcell Farms. And, you know, that's on a, a family estate down there near the Appalachian foothills. And, you know, that's been one of the top rated courses. It's the top rated public course in Alabama for years, and it's only a single, single destination, single course destination, but uh, it's been a popular one for a very long time. They they obviously have the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail through Alabama, so you can tie it into that. And we, you know, with any of these destinations like this, we're going to see that more and more often. Um, a few years ago in Virginia, I went to a place called Keswick Hall that just completely redid their entire uh, resort property. And they have a, they have a great Pete Dye course from a couple that he did in 2015, you know, but if you want to go to the area, get the history and, you know, Monticello is just a short drive away. And, you know, so there's a lot of other things to do. So you have the history, you have the spa, you have the restaurants and then great golf if you want to lump it in as well.
0: I can attest to, uh, to Primland. That's a phenomenal place. A lot to do there. It's hunting, it's hiking, it's fishing, it's uh, they have an observatory on site um, with a, a, a giant telescope for stargazing. Um, that's a special place. But I think, you know, in the confines of this conversation, there, there's kind of been a theme, right? That they are these one course destinations are probably part of, and, unless you're going there to specifically stay for a few days and do other things and, and golf happens to be one of them. It seems like they're places that you'd hit as part of a larger trip. Right. Um, and make sure you not miss unless you're in that state uh, itself and to where it's, you know, I've got one big weekend. I want to hit a year. Maybe just do that one because it's convincing enough that you have to go play at the one course.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, that's what makes some of these properties so appealing is that you can do a long weekend and not feel like you're missing out on you know, if there are multiple golf courses, you're not going to feel like, oh, I didn't get a chance to play this one or that one because, you know, I wanted to do this. and wanted to go to the spa and I wanted to go to the restaurants. I wanted to kind of see the area and do a little sightseeing, but also play some golf. And so maybe you fit in a round or two. And, you know, I think we've seen that there's a number of these places around the country. I didn't even, you know, I, I jotted down a couple others uh, in my head, a place like the Biltmore in Miami, or I went to Bedford Springs out in in Western Pennsylvania a couple of years ago. Again, I tied that one into a trip to Nemecolon, which is up near the Pittsburgh area, you know, but that's, that's another perfect example because they have that you know, 200 plus year old resort and hotel on property. There's thermal hot springs and there's you know, good food options. And you know, they've got an indoor pool, which was really kind of cool. You know They have the outdoor pool, but they've got one in this cavernous old building inside. Uh, which was kind of a, a special touch. So there's one course, and I didn't really miss playing a, a lot more there on property.
0: I think maybe the um, you know exception to the rule here is being that it's not 18 holes is Sweeten's Cove in my mind. Uh, that's as good of a, a one course destination as there might be. and that also falls into the uh, the golf lore realm and, and legendary layout that um you have to see to believe from what i've heard haven't seen it but
1: well i haven't seen it either but again that's one that yes you know it, it has developed such a cult following over the years it's been so well received um you know obviously the designers now have kind of moved on to some you know bigger projects like landman in Nebraska that's getting a lot of attention and and you know Social media has really helped to drive what what sweetens Cove has become so you know you're not going to be really going down there and and staying at a you know lush resort anywhere near the property It's more like an escape but like you're talking about it's it's become a destination in itself you know I was trying to figure out strategically you know I kind of you think like a golfer you're like okay if I'm gonna be flying down there you know what else could I hit along the way and I was trying to target a place like, macklemore which is outside of uh, of atlanta possibly flying into atlanta you know experiencing that golf course and then going out to sweeten's cove and and kind of making a little bit of a, a trip by hitting a couple of single course destinations along the way
0: yeah that might be a cool way to do it just just bounce around two three four places you know if you have if you have a week where you can squeeze some travel but but keep it kind of close together yeah, that, that would be an interesting way to do it, to combine several of these that we're talking about and really diversify your golf trip. Well, very cool. I, I think this, is a, this will make people kind of think and, and, and wonder which ones they need to, to add to a, a future trip or, or make sure they check off at some point. Um, would love to hear what we didn't talk about, some other one-course destinations out there that you feel are must-visit type of places Um, feel free to, to let us know on, on social media at links magazine, wherever you, you find your social media and yeah, hopefully we've inspired you a little bit with this conversation. I appreciate your time, Eric. I'll meet you at gamble next time. We want to get out there for sure.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. You know, there's no, there's no end to the, uh, the options for golf destinations and that's part of the beauty of this. So it's, it's exciting to think about and, you know, just having been on a, a local trip and a drive not too long ago and to hear some of the golfers talk about the excitement of vacations, that's po- that's part of the uh, the thrill of planning this stuff out. To think about it and say, hey, what's next for us?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, happy planning to, to all and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Thanks, Eric.